Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored, as always, by Greening Law. A personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights that legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, though? I would be the non-sexy one, Matt McLaren. And this is Jam Session, the podcast, version 298, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. And hopefully we will do that for you, as the Dallas Cowboys certainly have for us. Winners of their fourth consecutive game earlier this afternoon. And Jacques and I, of course, I know you just got in driving all day, and I literally just walked in the house 15 minutes ago from an airplane. So lots of travels for us, which is always fun. It was, I, had a, I had a really fun, really fun weekend. Well, you should have. You got a gold jacket or something. Uh, for being put into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, they gave us a really cool little award, and I really enjoyed it, man. I mean, I, I was blown away by the way they do it. They had us in this big teaching theater, and a lot of alums were there, and even, like, a lot of current students from the radio program, and they do this thing where they had, like, this big presentation up on the video screen and gave a little speech about each one of us, and then we got to give up and, and, and give, like, a five- to six-minute speech, so it was really well done. I was I was blown away. I was like, man, this is really cool. <laughs> No, I mean it's. I mean, shoot, man, it's a. Uh, it's the highest honor you can get. So you deserve all the accolades and all the uh, all the good times that you had. Yeah, and it's funny too because the award that we we get is like this really nice glass like microphone on a, a stand or whatever, and, and it's got engraved with our name and all that. And the guy who was inducted after me, he dropped his and it broke. Oh my! <laughs> it was hilarious. Everybody's like, oh my god. I was like, man, of all the, how could you do that? You dropped your damn award, but wow. Good times, man. But let's dive into the Cowboys. And before we do, let's tell you about our friends at Greening Law. Robert Greening, the green team, man. I mean, these guys get it done for you. And we're getting to the part in my process where I think we're about to, to start the next step. And it's interesting because they were kind of explaining a couple of things to me. And I told them, I was like, look, I have no concept of, you know, where do we go from here, how this works? And they just responded, let me know about all this different stuff and that they could handle this and that for me and all this. So it's, it's what they do. If you've been hurt in a car accident, if you've experienced malpractice or were injured on the premises of a business, you need to give Robert Greening a call because they truly are your fierce legal competitor against these insurance companies. 
No, man, I mean, Matt spelled it out to you. The reason why if you're, if you're involved in an accident, whether it's at a business or with an 18-wheeler, any kind of commercial spot, is because um, if they bring you on as a client, man, shoot, who doesn't want somebody like the green team walking them through this process? It can be kind of tedious. It can be a little bit complicated. Um, you want somebody to hold your hand and say, hey, did you know this? And you go, oh, my God, no. Thanks for telling me. I didn't know what I didn't know. And to me, uh, when you listen to Matt talk about his experience with the green team, that's what they do. They answer all those questions you didn't even know you were supposed to ask. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's easy because a consultation is free. 972-934-8900. It's 972-934-8900. Your Dallas Cowboys are 4-1, and one, man. And they are 4-1. and one. Because they went to Los Angeles, and that defense smothered what is supposed to be this and the wonder boy of offense in Sean McVay, and they did it in a variety of different ways. I mean, multiple sacks, a defensive touchdown, Micah Parsons obviously playing injured. He kept grabbing his groin area with two more sacks on the season. They got the interception to ice the thing at the end. They blocked a punt. I mean, this is, and I know, I know we've got 12 games to go. But it feels like we are watching, and we keep talking about this week after week after week, we are watching what may end up being one of the best defenses the Cowboys have ever had. Um, I can get down with that, man. Uh, I think it's all about that defensive line. Um, they're bringing pressure. They're bringing heat. They, they've got that rotation going, six, seven, eight guys, all contributing. You saw it today, whether it was Dickie Zua, whether it was Dorrance Armstrong, you know, whether it was Micah, whether it was Demarcus Lawrence, you saw them all contributing. And uh, if they're going to play like that, bro, uh, they're going to create headaches for people. And then, you know, when you really are rotating them, you're keeping them fresh because they're playing 25 to 35 mm -hmm. snaps. And uh, it looks great. It does. It looks, like, really, really great, which is insane. I mean, again, and, and I, again, I, I just got home, so I haven't been on social media much today at all, and, and I was watching the game. I watched the game at the airport before we took off, and then I was watching the game on my phone while we were on the airplane. But, man, I, I hadn't seen when the last time, if ever, that the Cowboys have held five consecutive opponents under 20 points. I mean, nobody has scored 20 points on them yet this year, and they've only allowed five touchdowns all season. Dude, it's, it's phenomenal, really. And, uh, you know, they're doing it kind of like you said in a variety of different ways. Sometimes uh, they're forcing three and outs or four and outs. Uh, sometimes they're getting turnovers. Uh, but they're doing what's required. And once again, I mean, they, they gave up a couple today, but they're not giving up a ton of big plays. You know, they gave the big touchdown to Cooper Cup. Yeah, and uh, they gave up the um, the big pass you know, to the fifty four yarder to the other the random dude two two Atwell. Yeah, and that was it. Everything else they kept in front of them. And if you can do that consistently, man, you'll win football games. Yeah, I mean, you look at this. The Rams, to your point, ran sixty four plays today. Two of them went for seventy five and fifty four yards. The other sixty two plays that the Rams ran went for 194 yards, which is 3.1 yards per play. You ain't gonna win like that, bro. I mean, it is, they made life miserable for Matt Stafford. They have, and, and the Cowboys aren't the only team to have done this, shutting the Rams down on the ground. We kind of talked about that on Friday. This was not a Rams team. I mean, they really do not have much of a rushing attack, but that being said, that was easily, with 38 total yards on the ground, by far their lowest output of the season so far. I mean, the Cowboys, 
just in every facet of the game on the defensive side of the football except those two plays this was a dominant effort i mean a dominant effort dude i mean it's because when when you've got a really active defense they can rush the passer with four because uh, they're not blitzing a whole lot and you're stopping to run and you're getting turnovers i mean dude i mean what else really do you want uh, there's really nothing to say about them defensively that's anything other than uh, you guys had another terrific day. Uh, Michael Parsons was uh, phenomenal in the second half uh, despite playing with that uh, with that groin injury. Like I said, Odiggy Zoo had a big day. You know, Demarcus and Dorrance Armstrong's coming up every week. And so they got a lot of guys making plays, yeah, man. A lot and of that's guys. Re- that's really what it's all about. It's do you have guys who can make plays and do they make plays on a regular basis? I mean, they had five sacks, as we know about. They had 11 other quarterback hits. So Diggy Zua was credited with four quarterback hits. Parsons had three. A bunch of other guys had them. Tristan Hill, I thought, might have made the best play we've ever seen him make today, where he blew through yeah. the line and hit a dude and dropped him for a loss at one point. That was either the second or the third quarter. And then, of course, in the fourth quarter, he had that offsides call and it was kind of offsetting. But I thought, my God, because when I saw that play, I was like, no way that was Tristan Hill. And sure as hell, it was <laughs> Tristan Hill. I was like, that's, I guarantee you that's the best play he's ever made. Well, he's playing for a contract, whether it's in Dallas or whether it's somewhere else at the end of this season. So, you know, whatever your motivation doesn't really matter. Mm. Um, they're playing good, man. And uh, to me, having watched defense over all these years, is, is really what I just said, man. They're not giving up big plays. And, and, and if you think about it, if they had five sacks and they had six other tackles for loss, then that's a lot of negative plays. And when you're not giving up big plays, that's all it takes to ruin the drive, man. Um, and they're doing that on a regular basis. They, I mean, dude, Dan Quinn's moving them around. They're making plays. It looks, it looks sweet on defense, man. Yeah, it looks crazy sweet on defense. And you look at it now, and that is 20 sacks that the Cowboys had. And I saw this tweet from our buddy Ed Werder earlier today. The Cowboys' 20 sacks is tied for their fourth most through five games of a season since the merger in 1970. Wow. I mean, that is this is the most sacks that the Cowboys have had through five games since 1975 when they also had 20, and they had 21 in 1977. I mean, we haven't seen anything like this in years defensively from the Dallas Cowboys. No, I mean, and maybe we'll do it Tuesday. At some point, we got to go through and figure out how they built it. Uh, I know we realize that a lot of it's homegrown, but how they actually went and built it and who's really producing it. It starts with Mike and Trayvon Diggs, first-round pick, second-round pick. And then you got Tank Lawrence, who's still here, a former second-round pick. But I think it'd be interesting to go back and see how they put this defense together and, and why it's making moves. Yeah, it would be. And, and even then, you know, guys like Donovan Wilson and Anthony Brown that weren't exactly high draft picks but are homegrown guys that fulfill the role that works for them. Leighton seems to have kind of back in that role where, you know, you'll notice him every so often. He maybe is never going to be what we thought, obviously, as a rookie that he might turn into. But, yeah, man, you start looking at this, there's a lot of that homegrown talent. I mean, Odigi Zua, who was one of those draft picks, Gallimore in the middle. Sam Williams made a couple of plays today and, and showed up a couple of times and obviously is a rookie. And it feels like they took that and they they go out and they get like the, the J-Ron curses and the Anthony Bars, that, Malik Hooker, who had the interception at the end of the game. And they've done, and it's interesting, because we all get frustrated in the offseason when free agency comes around and the Cowboys aren't making big, splashy moves, but they are making the right moves 
And those three guys that I aforementioned there are three of those that fit what they want to do very, very well and have all kind of found a niche and in, in a role on this defense as free agent additions. No, I mean, I think they've gotten really good at that. And some of that's uh, – or not some – I think a lot of that is Dan Quinn, man, understanding what exactly his scheme needs, what type of body types, what kind of players he needs to thrive. And once you really understand the types of players that you need to thrive – you, then you realize that um, you don't always have to go get the most expensive guy. You just got to go get the best fit. Yeah, and, and my God, is this defense fit. I mean, it is – it's a real pleasure to watch, man. I mean, that is two weeks in a row. And last week against the Commanders, it was, well, the Washington sucks. That doesn't matter. Well, let's see what they do against the Rams. Well, they shut down the Rams, and that's two weeks in a row they've given up 10 points. Washington scored 10 Los Angeles scored 10. Now, of course, you know it's going to be, well, I mean, I don't know if Los Angeles is that good. They're 2-3. and three. Let's see what they do against the Eagles. Like, at some point, I think we have to start thinking, and they're doing this with their backup quarterback, and we'll get to the offense in a minute, but we got to start looking at this. This is a good team. Yeah, I think so. I think they, uh, I think there's... I think they're a flawed team, but I think that uh, this year more than other years that they've recognized their flaws, they've, they're trying to hide them, they're playing to their strengths. I mean, there's a reason why, you know, uh, and I, I haven't seen the stat yet, but I'm sure it's out there, the last time they ran it twice as much as they threw it. You know, and that's called playing to your defense. You got good special teams, even though they gave up uh, a big a couple of big plays today with the fake punt another big return but they got good special teams they got phenomenal defense you can win in the nfl if you play to those if you don't make mistakes on offense and cooper rush uh i mean hell they didn't throw the ball that much and so he didn't have a chance to make a mistake today yeah that was and again we'll get to the offense because that was nuts to see that but when you look at this all around the nfl and everybody wants well they haven't played anybody it doesn't matter let's see i mean the reality of it is we are at a point and we have talked about this multiple times. Somebody today tweeted, like, sent me a message on Twitter and was like, oh, I mean, they're, they're a good team, but they're not great. Who in the NFL that you've seen through five games does anybody out there think is some great team? Because I don't – okay, I'll give you Buffalo. But outside of Buffalo, who is 4-1, and one, you guys realize that it's Buffalo at 4-1. and one. That's the only team, and we'll see what Kansas City does tomorrow night. Philly is 5-0. and oh. Dallas, New York are four and one, and Minnesota's four and one. Everybody else in the NFL has at least two losses. Everybody else. So the fact that Cowboys are four and one early in the season, there is a lot of teams that are beating up on each other right now. You know, I, I was thinking about that. Uh, I didn't think about it quite like that, but I was thinking about it uh, today while they were winning, and I was like, you know, you can start counting them. I mean, you really can't and you shouldn't, but I will because, hey, it's me. Um, But, you know, you're already at four and you're like, okay, you're trying to get to 10 or 11 to make sure that you're in the playoffs. And if you win the games you're supposed to win, then you would say you should beat uh, the Giants in Washington again. I mean, because I don't think the Giants are that good. Yeah, and the Lions have really, I mean, they got shut out today. You should beat the Lions. You should beat the Lions. You should beat the Bears. You should. That gets you up to eight right there. And uh, then Jacksonville is a lot better this year, but you should beat Jacksonville and you should beat the Texans. Yeah, the Colts are and not so, very good right now. I mean, and again, you play the Colts way later in the season. That could change. Right. But that gets you to 10. And we haven't even said whether you split with Philadelphia or anything, the Colts, um, Minnesota, or Green Bay. 
So if they can if they can continue to win games that they're supposed to win, um, you know, they may have me eating my eight, nine words. Yeah, and, and it's funny because somebody else on Twitter sent something today and said, you media types are all the same. You buy into what Jerry wants to sell you. This is an eight and nine football team. And I, and I just went back. I said, really? So they go four and eight the rest of the way? Like, like, what have you seen that leads you to believe that this team goes four and eight the rest of the way when they're doing this and Dak Prescott's not even playing? Like, I, um, like I, I think this is a good team. Are they great? No, I don't think they're great. They have a lot of flaws, and we got to get into the offense, and we will here in a minute. But this defense, barring some, like, like barring, like when I saw Micah limping around, I was like, oh, no. You know, barring losing a couple of guys defensively like a Micah and a Tank and, and maybe a Diggs, because they already had some guys that missed time defensively, this is a defense that is good enough to keep you in a lot of these games. But that's all you that's all you want is give me a chance to win it in the fourth quarter. And, yeah. and and that's what you're talking about with the defense, man. If you're going to hold people and we I mean, I don't think they're gonna hold people to one touchdown all year. No. But hey, if you're just gonna hold people to twenty points a game, seventeen points a game, you're gonna have a chance to win, you know. I didn't say you would win, but you're gonna have a chance to win uh probably fifteen out of seventeen weeks. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that is surprising, obviously, me. I mean, I thought you go back to our, our podcast after that first Tampa Bay game, and I was like, okay, they'll be what, 1 and 8 when Dak, or 0 oh and 8 when Dak comes back? Maybe, depending if he comes back at the bye week, maybe they beat the Lions or somebody. Nobody saw this coming, and it's because of that defense. It will be interesting to see Sunday night football next week is going to be a real treat. Because Philadelphia has scored at least 20 points in all five of their games after they got to 20 today and knocking off Arizona on the road. So that this is going to be a real test, much like the Rams were supposed to be a real test. At some point, you know, when do you sit there and, and, and start to believe a little bit? But if this defense can do what they did today against Philadelphia and, and hold Philly under 20 points, then you start thinking, man, I mean, this is... This is insane that they've done it five weeks in a row and nobody has put 20 on them yet. It, 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 they've played, they played Tampa, they played Cincinnati, they played the Rams. You want to talk trash about the Giants and in, in, in Washington, fine. But those other three teams are solid teams. Yeah, I think, uh, I think the other two a little bit. I think, and I'm just talking about me personally, um, I think I probably overrated the Rams a little bit based on uh, when I went back and did a deeper dive on them uh, uh, yesterday before um, – when I had a little downtime on Saturday, I'm like, yeah, they got a lot of they got a lot of issues. And so the Cowboys came in and took advantage of their issues, man. But I think the bigger issue is this defense looks like it's going to be a top five NFL defense. And if you got a top five NFL defense, then you can go. And uh, you know what? I think one of the things we, we've emphasized is they don't have any bad players. Everybody put out there is either average good or really good or great in some cases if you're talking about Micah Parsons but when you don't have any bad players bro yeah. you can make it happen especially when you're rotating guys in and out yeah and, and it feels that way on that Cowboys defense and so we'll move forward because we got to look at the offensive side of the football but before we do that we got to tell you about Bruce Biltong if you haven't had a chance to order the Biltong yet you got to do it make sure you use the promo code jam15 at checkout Bruce Biltong online at, at bruisebiltong.com. It's B R U S B I L T O N G. It's like beef jerky, but it isn't. It's a traditional South African air dried meat. Jacques and I both enjoy it, man. It's, it's much more tender and savory 
than what you think of when you start thinking in the realm of beef jerky. This is, I'm telling you, once you have biltong, I don't know that you go back to beef jerky. Oh, I know the answer to that. The answer is no, you don't go back to beef jerky. <laughs> Uh, the sliced biltong rocks. It's a two ounce pouch. It's got like 230 calories. It's 30 grams of protein. It's a perfect snack, man. It's savory. It's succulent. Doesn't get stuck in your teeth. Why? Because it's tender. It's juicy. I mean, think about it, man. That's right. Biltong butt strips. I like to call them. They're tender. They're juicy. They're not dry like jerky, man. It's it's the real deal. Give it a whirl. Yeah, it's fantastic. It is absolutely delicious. Think you guys are going to enjoy it online at brewsbiltong.com. Promo code JAM15 at checkout. You get 15% off your order. Also, of course, JR, our buddy over there at Freeway Tire Shop. Jacques has taken all his vehicles there from oil changes and state inspections to more intense mechanical work. You want to trust when you take your car to a mechanic shop that they're doing quality work and they're doing what they say they're going to do and stand behind their work. JR does all that. Dude, that's why you want to take your car to JR. He's right at uh, 35 in Commonwealth, about five miles north of downtown. And, dude, it's because you can trust him, man. It's like going to the doctor to me, man. You always want to be able to trust your doctor and be able to tell him anything and, and have him figure out what's wrong with you. Same thing with your car, man. And I ride with JR because I trust him to, how about this, bro? Figure out what's wrong with your car. Use quality parts to fix the car so the same problem doesn't keep popping up. Uh, I trust him to charge me a fair price, man. I trust him to stand behind his work. Not everybody does. We know that. Um, if you're within a few minutes of downtown, and even if you're not, go ride up. Go to, go to JR. This customer service is fantastic. Uh, you can thank us later, but take your car there to get it worked on. Freeway Tire Shop, my friends. Online at FreewayTireShop.com. You can jump over there and request a quote, schedule an appointment. This Cowboys offense was interesting today. They were very, very efficient on the ground. In total, they ran it 34 times for 163 yards. If you take out the Cooper Rush statistics, you had 30 for 164. Obviously, a big bulk of that came on the explosion that we saw from Tony Pollard where he took that. And I got to tell you, I, I gave props to Tristan Hill for the play that he made. The block that Tyler Biotish had on that dude on the run from Tony Pollard. He mauled that guy out of the way, and they opened up such a hole for Tony Pollard to explode through, and you knew he was gone. 57 yards. He had eight for 86. Zeke was, and I know, I get it. I hear this every game. Zeke is done. They need to stop using Zeke. Pollard should be getting Zeke's carries. But people don't seem to understand that it keeps, and we've tried to paint this picture of Pollard, <laughs> Zeke, Zeke did the 22 carries for 78 yards when the Rams knew he was going to run the ball and they were loading the box and Zeke just throws himself up in there anyway. Dude, it's, uh, you know, some of the running games just the number of attempts that you get. Can you keep the ball and convert enough to be able to pound it 25, 30 times? They got 34 carries a day, which is phenomenal for them. And it allowed them to play the game the way they wanted it to be played. That's why they run the ball, so that they can do what they want to do, play action on first down, all those sorts of things. And so it, it really worked out nicely for them. You know, Zeke had a solid game, man. Again, and a lot of this, see, I didn't see the game, but I was listening to the radio broadcast. And if we can be honest, and that's, I mean, that's what we deal in here, Brad Sham, I think, three times said today, the same type of phrase, which is, Elliot, oh, just tripped up there. That was a big one right there. And he said that two or three times. And to me, 
you know, just based off experience and what I've heard over the years, that's really how you know that Zeke Elliott is on the backside. Because when he was a young guy, what did he do? He got through the hole, got to the second level, and made it a 25, 35, 40-yard game. Um, but now he can't get all the way through the hole because he's getting tripped up. Well, at a certain point, he'll stop getting through it all together, you know, whether it's a year or two yeah. years from now. And that's really the difference. So, so when you listen to Sham say, and I heard it at least three times a day, yeah. oh, I thought yeah. it was gone. And he's just getting tripped up because he doesn't have that one one-hundredth of a second anymore uh, just because his body's been beat up and bruised over all these years. Yeah, and, and it's true. And, and there was uh, the one play that he had that he almost – there was one in particular where Tony Pollard, you kind of – you do wonder, if that was Tony Pollard, would he have taken it to the house again and Zeke just gets tripped up? Kind of what you're talking about. But obviously Pollard has that explosion. I mean, we all see that. We know that. And Tony Pollard also misses his blitz pickup assignments, which allows Cooper Rush to get absolutely slaughtered on a sack and almost fumble the ball. <laughs> so, again, it, there is a little bit of give and take with all of that. It's interesting because this is a Cowboys offense. It's weird because this is what they want it to be. They want to run the football like this and have success running it. Cooper Rush completed 10 passes, and they won a game by 12 points. Yeah, I mean, but... They gained, what was it, 239 total yards? Yeah. It's going to be hard to win like that, bro. And so, again, I'm not style pointing their win because I don't think they're good enough to style point wins, even though they keep collecting them. And so that's cool. But you're being realistic. You're like, bro, it's, you, you know, if you're trying to win championships, it's hard to picture it with back to back games of less than 290 yards of total offense. Yeah. And so for all you guys who are like, oh, Cooper Rush, we need Cooper Rush, Cooper Rush, Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush is winning because he's being very efficient and he's not making mistakes. And he has helped win some games with some throws. But what is the quarterback's job, bro? Quarterback's job is to get points on the board. And, yes, the defense scored a touchdown. And I'm not, I'm not taking a poop on the win because it's a terrific win and all of that. I'm just saying if you want to be realistic about what the future holds and how excited to get Where's the big plays coming from in this office? Even when Dak gets back, where are the big plays coming from? Because we've seen that this team is probably not good enough to consistently drive the ball for touchdowns. Yeah, and, and to that point, I believe that those were the only two plays. The, the Michael Gallup catch on a third and whatever that was where Rush kind 15. of— yeah, third and 15, that's right. And, I mean, that was a nice pass from Rush that Michael Gallup made an unbelievable catch. I mean, just an incredible catch on that pass for that 27-yard gain. And then the only other explosive play they had was the 57-yard run by Tony Pollard. Outside of that, they didn't have anything explosive. And, you know, it was really weird because this is such a, a clunky offense and to your point with, with Cooper, everybody is all about Cooper Rush for some reason. And I just am wondering, like, okay, I mean, he's okay, but he, he's not doing anything special. Like, he's not doing anything mesmerizing or amazing or anything like that. And the reality of it is, I mean, this is, this is a team like what you were just talking about that doesn't move the ball down the field hardly at all. I mean, there's a lot of times where they basically just kind of struggle to move. 
at all. And, and, and they're, they're, you see these drives that are real short drives because of that. No, I mean, I think that's, um, that's the thing that's got to get cleaned up, man. It's just they're not, you know, it's, it's the same thing said about what the Cowboys' defenses do, which is they make you drive the length of the field knowing that they're going to get a tackle for loss or something else is going to short-circuit your drive and force you to punt or end it. Well, the same is true of the Cowboys' offense, man. When you don't get any big plays and you're forced to drive, somebody's going to miss a block that forces you into second and long, third and long. Uh, on this particular team, somebody's going to commit a penalty to wreck a drive. It's just too many things to go wrong without the big plays. And so, you know, when Dak comes back, hopefully with Gallup back now and CeeDee Lamb and Tony Pollard, you can make those three guys the centerpiece of your big play offense and get some things cracking because – you know, it's it's not happening from Zeke for the most part, and it's not happening from from Noah Brown just because they don't have the speed to take the top off of defense. But you got to get them from somewhere. Yeah, and, and again, to this point, <laughs> this is the Cowboys' offense today. They had ten real drives. Okay, I'm not going to mention the one at the end of the first half, and I'm not going to mention the one at the end of the game where you're basically doing nothing. Obviously, so they had ten real possessions. Here's how those went: four plays for five yards. And this is off the block punt and ended up in a field goal. Six plays for 14 yards punt. Four plays for 19 yards punt. Three plays, and this is the 57-yard Tony Pollard touchdown run. So you got one there. Four plays for 10 yards punt. That was their first half. I mean, again, that's their longest drive outside of a Tony Pollard explosive run up the middle. Their longest drive was 19 yards in the first half outside of that. And that's why this is still a ball game with five minutes left. And you're like... Okay, they got to get a stop. Otherwise, they could lose this thing, you know, 24-22 or, you know, whatever the point total was at right. that point. Uh, and that's because – and I tweeted this out, like, you know, it should have been 14-0. Let's go get 12 sacks on, on Matt Stafford. Uh, because when they got that turnover, man, they, I mean, Demarcus Lawrence gets a touchdown, Dorrance Armstrong comes in and blocks a punt, and you got the ball at the 20-yard line. That's got to be six because then you're up 14 nothing, bro. Yep. Or 13 nothing, And the Rams are like, oh, my God, we're going to lose. And they start panicking a little bit. They start to throw the ball because they're like, if we don't, if we don't convert and get some first downs and score some points, there's a good chance they go up 20 to nothing, and then this thing is over. But instead, they have them to that field goal. And then just like I thought in my head, man, all it takes now is one play. And lo and behold, Cooper Cup uh, has a nice play, and it's 10 to 9, and you're like, so the Cowboys have dominated this game, controlled it from start to finish, and they're down by a point. Yeah. And it's because of those missed opportunities. I mean, again, you, you mentioned the one coming off the block punt where they were already in the red zone, basically. The other two field goal drives, they didn't technically get into the red zone, but they got inside the Rams 30. I think one they got down to like the 28, the other one they got to the 22, and the drives just die. And, and they're, they're struggling – in those situations and their lack of ability to really move the ball down the field is is one of the reasons why Dak Prescott's going to be the starting quarterback when he comes back like Cooper Rush is doing exactly what you want Cooper Rush to do don't turn it over don't make mistakes and if it has to be bland and vanilla cool and our defense will make plays for us but the proof here again their longest drive in the second half was 13 plays 53 yards they move it well field goal 
And then their second longest drive was the other field goal drive. Nine plays, 35 yards field goal. Outside of that, punt, punt, punt. If you continue to, and now we got to give Brett Maher credit because he's converting all these field goal attempts. So that part is great. But if you, you get into the habit and the routine of kicking so many field goals, bro, it's only a matter of time until you lose a game to a team that scores some touchdowns. Um, even as good as the defense is, they're not flawless. And so you have to assume they'll give up a touchdown at some point. And uh, they just got to do a better job of converting when they get opportunities through special teams and the defense. Yeah, and I was trying to let, go back and figure this out. So, like, when was the last time the Cowboys attempted this few of passes in a game? And, you know, I was just looking at Dak's game logs, and he had 18 attempts a couple of times in 16 and 17 against Minnesota and Arizona. Obviously, in one of those games late in the year against Philadelphia, he had eight attempts but didn't play the whole time. Andy Dalton, when he was filling in in that injured year, never had this few. I mean, that is – it's – I mean, 16 – they completed 10 passes. They only – and this is another thing, you, you know, you're talking about who, where are these plays going to come from. You look at this, you look at how this went offensively, only three receivers caught a pass today. C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup. Now, Lamb had five and Gallup had four. Noah Brown had one for five yards. No one else on the team caught a pass today. This is what I'm saying, man. This is why I can't get all gung-ho about, oh, they're four and one. They got four in a row. I mean, it's great, and you just want to stack them and see if you can keep getting better, and maybe you'll be a big problem once the playoffs start. But they got some real issues on offense, man, and I, they're still not fixed. No, they're um, still not fixed. That's exa- that's very true. And, and we don't. I don't know what they're doing, and maybe they're just making it more vanilla because it's Cooper Rush. I don't know. He's supposed to know the offense very well. Maybe they don't trust him as much. I, I don't know that Dak comes back, though, and there's like some massive difference. I just don't know, like you were mentioning, you know, you got CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. Jalen Tolbert doesn't even get on the field. He's not even active for games. Their third-round draft pick. They don't have the guys. You know, they don't have anybody outside of Lamb and Gallup that anybody thinks of in the receiving game. And Zeke is really not what he once was, as we've painted that picture. Sure, you might fear Tony Pollard a little bit, but they just don't have those explosive pieces that they hell had a year ago no and that's got to be a focus for them uh going forward because again man the name of the game is attacking the perimeter and getting big plays out of that and when you don't have it it just makes things so incredibly hard bro um it's like today you know three field goals and one touchdown basically i mean four and a half yards per play was their average today and it's I don't know. That's why this gets so curious to me, because I keep wondering, can the defense week in and week out continue to perform on this level? Now, five weeks is a solid sample size, and we can all sit here and say, oh, they haven't played anyone. And then you would ask, I mean, you can go around the league. Well, who would you consider playing someone? They're going to play Philly next week and they don't play Buffalo. So are those the only two good teams in the NFL? Are we not? No. Are we never going to give them credit for beating anybody? Because there's, I mean, again, look around the league at some of the teams. Miami got their ass kicked by the New York Jets today. Yeah, I hadn't figured that one out. You know, so you you can kind of go around the league and you can sit here and, and wonder how in the world you know, some of these teams are. Like, what are some of these teams right now? I don't know. I mean, I, I really I don't. Know. I mean, I, I Houston beat Jacksonville today. I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, the Giants beat Green Bay. And that, I said, okay, so do we believe the Giants are good now and Green Bay is trash? 
And then if we think the Giants are good, the Cowboys shut them down. Right. No, Green Bay's still good. The Giants are still trash. See? And, and so, again, in the NFL, I mean, there's just weird things that happen week in and week out. And, and I just – I'll give you Buffalo. I, I still want – Philly to do more they came back and won today in a tough road win on Arizona that's a good win for them we'll see what Dallas and Philadelphia have next week I just don't think there's a real great team in the NFL and the season's going exactly kind of how I thought it would where there's going to be a lot of those 12 and 5 11 and 6 teams and all you got to do is get in the playoffs and anyone has a chance I think we've heard Jerry Jones say that for years man just get in the tournament just get in the tournament Normally, I poo-poo that because yeah. you need to be playing a certain kind of way, have a certain style, and some other things need to be trending for you to really make some noise in the playoffs. But when you got a great defense, and this looks like a great defense, then you know some things can happen for you, and you can turn it up and create some opportunities for yourself uh, to get the team over the hump. Yeah, so good win. I mean, they're, you're 4-1. and one. And, like, we've talked about this before. You want to stack wins. You want to get wins when you can. No idea if Dak's going to be available next Sunday night when they travel to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. But it's easy. You know, even if they lose to the Eagles and they're 4-2, and two, I don't know that that means that they're not a solid team. But if they can beat the Eagles with the Lions and the Bears coming up, I mean, who knows, man? Maybe you're about to – you could put yourself at a level that none of us thought that they were going to be at this year. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that, bro. None whatsoever there. I mean, they're, you know, and that's where, you know, I wrote a column last week, I think. It was last week where I was talking about, you know, at some point, y'all got to give Mike McCarthy some credit. Yeah. Uh, He's doing a hell of a job. He's got his team ready to play. Um, At some point, you got to give him credit for this. At some point, you do. And I think probably that point is now. I mean, the guy hired, he was wanting, willing to bring in Dan Quinn. And Dan Quinn, I mean, it is what a fit that is. But Mike McCarthy is the guy that is in charge of all of this. And that, I mean, I think it was Archer that brought it up last week. If this team was one and four, we'd be ripping McCarthy and trying to figure out how the Cowboys are going to get Sean Payton. Absolutely. But they're four and one, and we're just not really bringing up McCarthy, and you don't hear anybody giving him any kind of credit. Well, one person gave him some credit. One person, well, there you go. He deserves it, though. You're right. He should get more credit for what the Cowboys yeah. have put together right now. Well, again, you know, sometimes it can be hard because, you know, Kellen Moore's doing the offense, Quinn's doing the defense. You're like, well, what do you really do? But he's a CEO head coach, and so it's about setting the tone for the team and uh, making some of those critical decisions about whether to go forward on fourth and one or fourth and two for midfield or whatever. Right. And he's been nailing those. Yeah, I mean, it, look, it's like my fantasy team. I mean, I, I don't really get any credit, but hey, I'm the one that drafted these guys. I may not be out there making the plays, but I put it together. I'm the one who decides I should start this guy this week. Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, man, my fantasy team, I thought I was going to suck this year, and I somehow, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I keep, I'm kind of like the Cowboys, where I'm like, do I really believe in them? Do I really believe in my team? No. I don't know that I do either. I keep waiting for the, my lack of depth to do something. And, and randomly, I mean, hell, they'll just show up and put up a number like they did today. I don't know. But the Cowboys, 4-1, and one, man, it's, it's fun. It's like somebody who – and I, I get – there's always two types of Cowboys fans. 
There's right. ones that really enjoy it and are just like, wow, this is awesome. They're way better than I thought. And there's others that just want to shit on everything and make sure that you know that they don't believe in this and they don't think they're any good and we're dumb for thinking so. And I told one guy today, I was like, well, then don't watch. You know, don't, <laughs> don't stop watching the games because I'm enjoying this. And if you don't enjoy it, don't watch. I don't care. Are they, are they any good? Are they going to win the Super Bowl? I don't know. They're probably not going to win the Super Bowl. I'm still going to watch the games, and I'm going to enjoy it. I mean, I think that's what you should. I don't even think it's up for debate, a conversation. Exactly, man. So all of you that get so damn negative, I mean, they're 4-1, and one, and the fact that people, oh, they haven't played anybody. Oh, they're really not any good. They're 4-1. and one. There's a, a million teams, well, not a million teams, but 20-some-odd other teams in the NFL that would love to be sitting on 4-1. and one that haven't been able to get off to this start. So I don't, and I, and you know how I feel. This whole argument about they haven't played anyone drives me insane. Like, who do you, what do you want them to do? Petition the NFL office to be like, hey, we want to play the Eagles and then the Bills. And then after that, we want to play the Chiefs. And then after that, we want to play the Vikings, the Packers, and Tampa Bay again, and whoever else you guys think are good. I mean, all you can do is play the schedule you have and, and if you're going to play that and you have teams that the rest of us don't think are good, then what do you want them to do? Beat them. And that's what they're I mean, doing. Dude, it's as simple as that. Uh, you know, yeah. and depending on how dominant they are, you know, the future bodes well. But it's about winning, man, and stacking wins right now. However you get them. That's what I said. I'm not style pointing them. Just stack them. And uh, up until about the end of November, and then see where you are. Yeah, and then we can maybe figure this out a little bit. But I'm, I've enjoyed it. I, I really, the game today was fun. I was excited. I mean, I, I think I even cheered out loud on the plane once, and people looked at me. Wow. You know, I was, I was getting <laughs> into it. Man. Well, I, was, I know what it was. It was Micah Parsons on one of his sacks because he's just, he took that dude. I think it was Havenstein, maybe. I, I'm trying to remember who it was. And right. he... He just moved him out of the way. And this dude is a monster of a human being. And Micah's just like, get out of my way. Moves him out of the way and boom, right there on Stafford. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, he's so fun to watch and so exciting to watch every time that he has opportunities. It's incredible watching this dude play. He is, uh, you know, uh, what was I doing? I was listening to the ticket sometime uh, in the last week or two. And I had Peter King on yeah. who, who covered Lawrence Taylor. Uh, when he was a, a young reporter way back in the mid 80s at uh, I think he was at Newsday. Um, but he was like, you know, he kind of reminds me of Lawrence Taylor. And I don't say that lightly, just in terms of his impact yeah. and the way he changes the game and how they move him around and how he's really this unstoppable force. But, you know, to do what he did today with that groin strain and just kind of take the game over in the second half, man, that's what you're looking for in greatness, bro. It's it's those guys who understand the moment and can go make it happen despite the circumstances. Just not a lot of cats built like that. Uh, a lot of cats want to be like that. They want to be built like that, but they're just not. And he is, and it's a, uh, it's great that he's with the Cowboys because he's going to do this for a minute. He is. He is, man. And, and there was one point, and I don't know if they described it on the broadcast listening to it or not, but there was one point where – he had made a play and he had leaned over and was grabbing the groin area and they were, he waved him off. Like they were trying to get him to come out of the game and he refused. And I was like, man, this dude's a damn beast. Like this dude, you know, and he's talked about that, about how hungry he is and he's a lion and he's going to feed and all that. 
you just see in his words and the way that he plays, his mentality that he brings to the game. I try not to get too far. It's so hard not. It's like Luca. It's so hard not to envision what's possible because you see that and, and you get so excited when one of those guys plays on your team that everybody in the league talks about the way they talk about. And you're just like, man, you, you, you enjoy it for what it is now. And you wonder 10 years from now, how are we going to look back about what this dude was? But see, I think, uh, and you know, we've talked about this before. See, DeMarcus Ware is a great player. Yeah. DeMarcus Ware will be in the Hall of Fame soon. I think the difference is they go about it a little differently, but Micah has a lot more charisma as a player than uh, DeMarcus Ware did. Uh, and I'm not saying he's better. I just said he's got more charisma. He just, you know, the light is just drawn to him. And, um, you know, to me, I think that's that's the other element that he's got because it's not that he's just making plays. It's just that, you know, the, the camera loves him. It finds him. Yeah, man, it, it is. It's special and it's a lot of fun to watch. And this defense is a lot of fun to watch, which in turn and it's weird. And we've talked about this and five weeks in, I, I think. I mean, I keep texting my friends like in my fantasy group and whatnot while we're watching the game, and it's just one of those things I never thought in this day and age in the NFL I'd be more excited to watch a defensive unit than I am the offensive unit. But week in and week out, I I almost don't mind that the offense doesn't score. I'm like, cool, hurry up and punt so the defense can come back out. Because <laughs> they are way more entertaining to watch than this offense is. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt, man. The offense is like watching paint dry, and the uh, defense is like painting Picassos all day. Yeah, man. It's it's a special thing. So before we jump into taking a look around the NFL here, let, let's tell you a little bit about our couple of our great sponsors, man. Smokey John's Barbecue. They've been with us for a while now, and if you haven't had an opportunity to check them out, if you haven't had the Jam Session Bowl, you're missing out because it is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And keep in mind, Smokey John's is at the State Fair of Texas. So if you guys are making plans to get out to the State Fair at some point before it, it heads out here in the next couple of weeks, they have their barbecue, their fried chicken wings, and they also do their State Fair specialties. They've got a deep-fried stuffed baked potato, deep-fried Reese's, Reese's and cream, like Bluebell homemade vanilla deep-fried, or the 2022 Big Tech's Choice Awards finalist, the ultimate brookie monster that we told you guys about on that last podcast that we did. You can also get over there and pick up the barbecue sauce and the rub in the Go Texan General Store at the State Fair. So a couple of different ways to enjoy Smokey John's at the State Fair, but if you're not going to the fair, you can always swing by and enjoy Smokey John's, man, because those dudes are just delicious. No, it's uh, it's fantastic, bro. I think um, everybody should have some in their life. The more, the merrier. But, uh, you know, now at the State Fair, that's the time to go rock with them. And don't forget, don't forget, you can get the rub out there at the uh, Frisco HEB. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, if you're not in Texas, you can go to their website, go to the Marketplace, click on uh, the Marketplace, and you can get the rub. Or you can get the, the sauce that Matt likes to drink straight from the bottle deliver to your home and have a little bit of texas with you in just a couple days it's easy to do my friend smoky john's barbecue phenomenal you're gonna love it also those HFX, guys are, what's those that? guys are celebrities these days they right? are celebrities oh yeah because i saw what were, who they were they were on with uh, kelly clarkson right 
Yeah, and it was Jimmy Kimmel a couple weeks ago. Man, right? they're, they're everywhere crazy. now. Golly, look, that is fantastic. I bet Jimmy Kimmel loved them. Because <laughs> Kelly Clarkson's from Texas. Right, right. You know, right. but I bet I always wonder when they go to some of these shows like that where they're not from Texas, if they're just blown away by what these guys do because they're like, man, I've never had anything. This is amazing. It's like trying to find good Mexican food in Birmingham. It's like impossible. <laughs> I swear, when we were in the Austin San Marcos area this past weekend, we ate Mexican food like three times. <laughs> wow. Because we were like, oh my God, it's so good. We can't get enough of it. Also, of course, HFX Foundation Solutions. You guys know by now, Aaron and his crew, they're family-owned, a full-service foundation repair company. If you're noticing cracks in your walls and your ceiling, sticking doors, sloped floors, all that type of stuff, you need to call them. It's a free, no-obligation inspection. They'll come out, and it's a 45-minute process or so, but that time could potentially save you thousands of dollars in damages down the road. Foundation in Texas, you just don't want to mess with it. It's way too costly. Nah, bro, that's not something you want to take a chance with. There's a reason why we lovingly call it a colonoscopy for your house, you know? That's because it gives you peace of mind, just like a colonoscopy. And with the way the foundation shift in Texas in a normal situation, let alone when you had all the dry heat that we had, followed by the water and the rain and the floods, man, you don't want your house shifting, moving, causing chaos. Go have Aaron and his team check it out and get that peace of mind that you deserve, people. That's exactly right. It's easy to do. It's local. It's 817-770-0174, 817-770-0174. Check them out online at hfxfoundation.com. This has been a wonky week in the NFL. And, and I mean, it started on that Thursday night game that was one of the worst football games that anybody could ever possibly enjoy when Indian, Indianapolis beat Denver in overtime. I mean, those are two. Uh, Denver is not good. Their offense is, I mean, we talk about the Cowboys offense. Russell Wilson, it's not like he's been injured. And you watch Denver and you go, my God, is this dude done? Well, now you know there was a story that came out that he was hurt today. Did you see it? I did not see it, no. I, don't, I just read a little bit of it, but it says he's got a partially torn lap that he suffered a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And maybe that explains some of his, uh, some of those throws that are like, like wow, what, what happened on that throw? Uh, some of those. But uh, to your bigger point, no, he's not, um, he's not very good right now. And, bro, he got a lot of time left on his contract he just signed. He does. And, and In terms of, like, salary cap, like, yep. we'll just cut him, like, can't i don't know about that bro it's too much man he he has been very not good very not good then you look at some of the results from today i mean the giants going into lambeau field and taking down green bay and and you start wondering was it that was it literally just getting in the coach and like the attitude and the mentality that they seem to have i mean the cowboys beat them but saquon was really good today daniel jones was really good today and it's like they, they just play almost like with a little bit of swagger that they hadn't had in years. Dude, I think uh, I just think Joe Judge was a horrible coach. Apparently. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm just being real. Like, you know, this whole thing where you where you hire these guys, especially when they come from the Patriots tree and these guys think like they're God's gift to football yeah. and they do all this, you know, just the stuff that Belichick can do because he wins or he has won, but stuff that you do, you just showed up. I mean, what are you doing? 
and so I think that's why Joe Judge stunk, and I got a real coach in there and Dayball, and uh, they're doing things and making it happen. Yeah, they'll, they're going to be an interesting team to watch because they're four and one, and no no one believes the Giants are good, but they're four and one, so that's going to be an interesting team to keep an eye on. Buffalo, you picked if there is a great team in the NFL, and both of us picked them in the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I think Buffalo. They're on a mission, and Josh Allen is on a different planet right now. Now, granted, Pittsburgh's not good. We knew they weren't going to be good. Kenny Pickett did what he could. He threw it 52 times today for 327 yards. They're just not a good team. And Josh Allen was 20 of 31 for 424 yards and four touchdowns. Oh, he was on one today, man. But, no, Pittsburgh got a problem. Yeah, uh, Pickett, Pickett put up some numbers today, but Pittsburgh, they just got a problem, bro. Yeah, they're one and four, and I just don't know that their season is going to go anywhere. But, you know, we'll see. It's it's interesting because Pittsburgh might be one of those teams that ends up getting a really high draft pick. And they've got some – I mean, look, Najee Harris is a good running back. They're going to find out if Pickett is the guy that they hoped he was and they drafted him in the first round. George Pickens is going to be a very underrated rookie receiver who I think develops into something – They've got some interesting pieces. We'll see. The other numbers that kind of jump out to you is the one that just ended tonight, and he's done it again. I know this will come as a shock to everybody, but Justin Tucker just kicked a game-winning field goal for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, it was like a 40-some-odd-yard field goal. He was 4-for-4 four four on field goals today, including a 58-yarder, and Baltimore wins at home as time expired against Cincinnati, and the Bengals are now 2-3. and three. So the... The Rams and the Bengals, last year's two Super Bowl teams, now are both two and three, and both have lost to the Cowboys. Dude, I think the uh, when you talk about who's elite and all that, you know, the Ravens are two blown leads away from what being undefeated. Yeah, that's true. I mean, big blown leads, not the little ones, but yeah. like you know, twenty points and seventeen points. I think. Yeah, man, and and. The Ravens, I thought they'd win the division, and I liked the Ravens this year, but you wonder if you give up leads like that, what kind of team are you? But they came back on the on the Bengals tonight at home. So we'll see. I, I still think it feels like we are headed towards a Bills and Chiefs rematch and that the winner of that and where, whenever they play in the playoffs is going to go to the Super Bowl. I'm down with that. I, I got no problem with that. Sign me up. Yeah, and, and obviously we'll see the Chiefs on Monday night because they're playing Monday night football. Chargers won today. Austin Eckler had himself a game. He had 173 yards on 16 carries. So the Chargers are back up to three and two. The Vikings are an interesting team because I liked Minnesota this year and they got destroyed by the Eagles a couple of weeks ago, barely beat the Lions, barely beat the Saints, win by a touchdown over the Bears today, but they're sitting at four and one. And I don't really know what to make of the Vikings. No, I mean, I, I, I told you, bro, we're still trying to figure out a lot of teams out. Yeah. Just like teams are sitting, people are having sports talk radio and podcasts in other cities going, so what do we make about the Cowboys? What are, you know, <laughs> That's what, true. What are, what are they really all about? And you just have to stack wins and figure it out as you, as you go along, and then we'll have a good idea what they're all about because right now we really don't know. Yeah, that's that's very, very true, man. We do not know. And, you know, you look around the league and, and some of these, like the Lions, I thought, might be better. Now they're 1-4. They got their ass kicked by New England today. 
So New England's two and three. They got shut out in New England, 29 to nothing, wearing their throwback uniforms. Mac Jones is hurt. Bailey Zapp comes in. And Bailey Zapp, who I bet people don't know this, but Bailey Zapp, who at one point threw for like a gazillion yards in college and set an NCAA record for most passing yards in a season at 5,967. Good grief. He comes in and wins leading the Patriots to the win today. And, it, like, the Patriots seem like a team that's not any good, but then you look at who, you know, the Lions. I don't know, man. I thought Dan Campbell might have a little something for him there in Detroit, and they barely lose their season opener to the Eagles. They beat Washington. They barely lose to the Vikings. They barely lose to the Seahawks, and then they get blown off the field by the Patriots. Yeah, I think this was the case of the more desperate team, meaning that the Patriots with the rookie quarterback – uh, who, you know, taking that Dak Prescott train. You know, you're supposed yeah. to be the third guy, and here you are starting. Um, I just think they're a little more desperate. Like, we pick games in the morning news, and, you know, frankly, I'm doing phenomenal this year. I mean, <laughs> really. Uh, I really am. I've got my own little system that's not very complicated. Uh, we'll talk about it off air, Matt, and you'll be like, you're right. It's not very complicated. Uh-huh. But it's a, but I actually have a system I've been using. Um uh, now, the whole point of that was, oh, the point of it was I almost picked the Lions in that game. I spent quite a bit of time leaning toward the Lions, and I was just like, nah, I should pick the Patriots. Good thing but you I did. did it. Well, I did it because, one, I don't believe in the Lions, and two, they'd had a couple of heartbreakers in a row, and I was just like, they may just be beaten down a little bit. And then finally, I realized that Tom Brady's gone and all this other shit, but the Lions don't come to New England enough not to be like, this is Foxborough, man. Yeah. This is the Patriots. And I think I, 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 at the bottom line was I just assumed they would walk in and expect to get their ass kicked. Yeah, and they did. They did get their ass kicked. And so New England picks up the win. The other one interesting today, I mean, the Seahawks, Geno Smith's doing something in Seattle. And I know they're only two and three. But they put up 32 points today on the Saints, who ended up winning 39-32. to And those are two really interesting teams to me because New Orleans doesn't have Jameis Winston right now. And I, it feels like Andy Dalton, who's their backup, he comes in. They use a little bit of Taysom Hill in the run game to, to mix it up. And Andy Dalton's not going to turn it over a gazillion times like Jameis Winston will. And it just worked, man. I mean, Alvin Kamara had himself a game. He had 103 yards rushing and 91 yards receiving. When you got playmakers, put it in their hands, man, and it all works out. Yeah, so other than that, not a lot jumps out. I mean, obviously, the, Jet, the Jets in the, in the Dolphins game. And obviously, Tua didn't play today, so they went with Skylar Thompson as the, the guy who got the main snaps. I think Teddy Bridgewater started for him and ended up getting hurt, and they had to go to basically what was their third-string quarterback for Miami, and they just got, I mean, they got roasted today. Brees Hall, the rookie, 18 for 97 on the ground, two catches for 100 yards receiving. 40 to 17, the Jets today, who all of a sudden are three and two. Uh, you know, didn't Robert Sala say some people would be uh, be disappointed that they laughed at him earlier in the year when they lost the first game? Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. But, dude, you know, so many people don't play in a preseason that – you know, you can get off to a fast start, yeah. and then it's about whether you can maintain it and uh, sustain it. Yeah, that's true, man. And and so 
Outside of that, I mean, the 49ers absolutely just destroyed the Panthers today, and the Panthers are one of those teams. They're one and four now, and you wonder, is this it for Matt Rule? Like, I, I don't think he will be the coach in Carolina next year, and I wouldn't be surprised if he is the coach at one of those prominent programs that will be looking for a head coach in college next year and that he'll make the jump back to the college game. No, and that's probably where he needs to go, man, because then you can recruit and get exactly what you need to thrive. And uh, now he's got enough money where he should be cool financially. So, you know, he can he can commit to a college program now and uh, and really make it make it sing. Kind of like he had Baylor going before he left. Yeah, man. But he I mean, remember that he got that seven year, 62 million dollar contract with Carolina. And I remember when he got that, I was like, really? Like a seven year, 62 million dollar contract for a dude. You have no idea if he can coach in the pros or not. I thought that 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 was just weird to me by Carolina. Like really weird to me. And and you wonder, okay, if they're going to get rid of him. I mean, I don't know what the buyout is on that. I would imagine it's a chunk of change. But he just hadn't done anything. I mean, he went 5 and 11 his first year, 5 and 12 last year, and they're 1 and 4. He's 11 and 27 so far in two and a half seasons in Carolina. Yeah, bro, but what's I mean, here's the deal. Now somebody some you know, I told some friends of mine this in the coaching fraternity. We were just having a chat. This was probably about a month ago. First thing, and I, I wasn't breaking no news on none of this, but I was like, "Now you know you you ain't been you you're not a coach until you've been fired." And they were like, "Yep, yeah, true, true, true." And then, then I was like, "You know, the other thing is when you have a season that doesn't meet expectations, somebody's got to get the blame. The head coach, the OC, or the DC. One of those guys is getting popped." They were like, "Exactly." And so my point is, when you look at Matt Rule, bro, his only saving grace is, now this is from the outside, obviously, he ain't had no quarterback. It's hard to win without a quarterback. Now, the, the flip side of it is, if you, if you cover Carolina or you're in Carolina's front office, you know how much Matt had to say about the quarterbacks that you've acquired who ain't been worth a damn. Yeah, whether he was like, I want all of these guys, or whether he's like, man, why y'all trying to give me this trash and make it great? Y'all know the answer to that, and the answer to that will probably determine whether he lasts another year or not. Yeah, it makes sense. So we shall see. But ah, man, Carolina is not good, and and we're discovering that Baker Mayfield is obviously what we all thought that he was. He's just the just guy. a guy. Yeah, Philadelphia wins today, and we we mentioned that earlier. Five. And oh, now they were up 14 to nothing in Arizona. It ended up being tied 17 to 17 until Jalen Hurts took them down the field and they were able to kick a field goal. Arizona missed their field goal for a chance to tie and send it to overtime. So Philadelphia wins. It's going to be an interesting game. We'll dive into a lot. We'll have Archer on. We'll ask Chill later in the week about this as well. But, you know, Jalen playing so well right now. He was their leading rusher today. He had two rushing touchdowns. And the weapons they have in the receiving game. A.J. Brown had three for 32 today. Like, oh, that's not very good. Didn't matter. Devontae Smith had 10 for 87, and Dallas Goddard had eight for 95. And they just have so many different things that they can do, especially with Jalen's ability in the run game to be like he was today, their leading rusher. It's going to be a really interesting game on Sunday night. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to give the Eagles the edge, but I think your Cowboys are – Let's see if they're ready to if they're ready to get it done, man. If they're ready to make it happen, and it starts, 
you know, the, I think the guy who's probably going to be one of the most valuable players in that game, and we can get into it later in the week, man, it's going to be Donovan Wilson. I bet they use him as some kind of spy thing, and uh, he's going to have a couple chances to really light up uh, Jalen Hurts, and it'll be a question of whether he does it or not. Yeah, so we'll see how it turns out. We will spend the week looking ahead to that, talking about all sorts of other things. But we're going to wrap this one up, man. I, I, I got to be honest with you. I'm about to go to bed, and I'm going to sleep like a rock. Yeah, bro. I feel you on that. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait. Just something about being back in your own bed after you've been traveling for a few days and, and just ready to get rested and ready for the week. I hope everybody has a great week. We always appreciate you guys so very much, and we will talk to you on Wednesday with the brand new episode of the Jam Session Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.